no matter how balanced or how shielded or how open you are, there's there is a level of anxiety in the world right now that is part and understanding that and feeling it as part of being a thoughtful, feeling person. I, you know, all of these stories in the, early on in the quarantine about King Lear or what what's to be expected, and it's just like let's all stop trying to win quarantine. You know, <laughs> let's let's just try to be. My guest today on Tell Me What to Say is Sue Nagel. Um, Sue, as we will learn, works in a world uh, where I get to meet a whole variety of people, but I don't meet, quite honestly, very many Sue Nagels. Um, very, very unusual person in her industry, at least in my experience, having met hundreds uh, of folks who work in this town, capital T. Uh, in the entertainment um, in the entertainment world, uh, sure. Uh, if you look at Sue's Wikipedia, uh, it talks about the prolific work she did at UTA as an agent, then going on as the president of HBO Entertainment, where I had the opportunity to meet and work with her, and she is now uh, the chief content officer at Annapurna. Uh, the real interesting thing to me personally at Annapurna is it is the place that uh, produced and created uh, my, one of my girls' favorite movies called Booksmart. Uh, and I am uh, uh, open enough to say that my daughter's, uh, one of her best friends, Diana Silvers, is uh, in that movie. Uh, and it is something that is a, a great source of pride to her. So Sue was all part of that. Sue is nice enough to join us today on Tell Me What to Say. And the reason that I said she is unique uh, in the town uh, is I describe her very uh, honestly as someone who is thoughtful, uh, full of thought, uh, and then the other kind of thoughtful, which is a, a really decent, nice person, uh, along with being, as I learned about her, an intensely curious uh, and a ridiculously good listener. So with that ramp up, Sue, thank you for joining us uh, today on Tell Me What to Say. Thank you for having me. I don't know if Zoom is conveying all the blush that I'm having. That's a very sweet intro. <laughs> very nice intro. Actually, very high praise knowing you as I do. That's very, very nice of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, all, all post-COVID, uh, the podcast has changed a little bit. Uh, in a couple ways that I'll identify as we go. Uh, and the first one is the, what I guess I would just call the sincerity of the opening question. Um, I used to say to the person when they'd get on the phone or I was lucky enough to be sitting with them, I would say, you know, how you doing? Uh, and that was an opening line. And then we'd go on to talk about their childhood or whatever it was. But I think, how are you doing dot, 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 really? Uh, is the place I'd like to start. Uh, everybody knows what everybody's gone through. Can we get your little piece of um, of your life right now and, and how you're really doing? I, you know, I think it's a, it's a difficult question. I think I'm probably doing the same way that most, you know, like thinking and feeling people in the world are doing. You know, there's a lot that's coming at us. There's a lot of very difficult um, statistics and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of very disturbing images that we're being um, met with every morning when we check the news. 
So how, you know, on the other hand, you know, we, we get through our days the way we get through our days. And so how is anybody doing? You know, I think I said to you last time we, we spoke that I thought my body was, was forming into a human uh, punctuation mark. Like I'm turning into a question mark from working in bed. And you're just like, get out of bed, get out of bed. So I'm sitting in my garden right now, which is, does really help just having some sunshine and air. Um, you know, I think, uh, we're taking it day by day. We're all taking it day by day. And by all of us, I, I mean everyone around the world who's dealing with this difficult pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, also of importance because it's, as I'll repeat for maybe one of the last times, uh, Ari and I were, were, were really sort of proud and it was a lot of fun in the first season that we made sure because the the show here is a conversation about conversation that we believe that conversation meant in person uh but mm -hmm. people aren't letting us do that these days uh both legally and otherwise so the notion of where you actually are um i think is is of important as of is of sorry of importance uh, and also who are you uh, are you in quarantine or stay at home with? Um, I'm lucky enough to be in Ojai. I bought a house here while I was still at UTA. I think um, I wanted to take on a big project, and it was a big project. It needed a lot of remodeling, and it. Uh, but it's but because we were able to take that time to put it together the way that we wanted to. By we, I see my collective family. There's sort of a place for everybody. There's a lot of little different houses. It's a little bit of a compound. So we're six adults, six kids, six dogs, and one leopard gecko. And I guess I could count the bears. We've had some bears. We've had a lot of bears, unfortunately. Bears. But, but let's be clear, uh, in the compound, there is space for the gecko. On, on his or, the, the gecko is living its best life. I lots bet. of attention, lots of petting. The dogs, <laughs> the animals have never, I think they never want the quarantine to end. They think this is their, their joy. <laughs> There's always someone to play with them, yeah. pet them, feed them. That's not bad. That's not bad. So in the yeah. face of, you're obviously grounded by people that you love and, uh, and, and pets that you love. Um, I really want to turn, which is so interesting in the people I'm talking to, about what you're learning uh, in this unusual time. Um, and, and the way I think about it is, you know, the obvious change is that we're all, at least for the time being, uh, staying at home and staying put, you in the, you know, Ojai Valley of California and us in LA and so on. But what, given what has happened, is the thing that you feel for your work as the chief creative officer of Annapurna, what is the biggest change that you've confronted? I think in the, in the beginning of this, um, I was really wary of technology like Zoom. I thought um, it might feel awkward to kind of like force and intimacy electronically or that I felt that it would feel that way, you know, and that um, maybe these writers or my friends, you know, everyone at this point, when you've been doing it as long as I have, everyone's, you know, basically your friend. So whether they're at a network or they're a writer or they're 
um, at a studio, I, I thought, oh, I don't know if they want to be ambushed by my face, you know, <laughs> and, and forced to kind of contemplate whether or not they brush their hair. <clears throat> um, but, but I have, I have really learned in, to appreciate the opportunity to see the people that I care about and, and want to hear from. And I, and I have found that once you kind of get past the interface and the idea that you're looking into an iPad or a computer, it's, it has felt very good to connect. And that connection has helped make the work better. I think, you know, there's, there is nothing worse than a conference call truly because no one knows when to stop or when to interrupt or when to say something. And, it is that kind of uh, medium where the uh, the loudest person or the person that has the most ease in speaking does the majority of the talking, and that's not always the best way to have a conversation. And with Zoom, I think you're able to see when someone is ready to speak and give them an opening to come into the conversation, and it makes things a little bit more well-rounded. So, so getting adjusted to that has been one thing. Um, there's my daughter. <laughs> the Zoom bombs. <laughs> I love you. Um, the that that's been hard, and and working. You know, I think we forget how much energy um, we can all get from working inside of an office, especially when you work with people you love, and what it, it's like to just go into the kitchen and grab a snack and see somebody from finance or someone from production or somebody you don't maybe interact with all day long or creative groups together all day long, but otherwise, you know, it's a good way to keep a company connected. And that's been hard to not have that. Yeah. Have you, have you in this, um, in this connection uh, on zoom, you know, the zoom world, have you, you've talked about how it's felt to you. Have you noticed generally the people that you're dealing with adjusting as well? Or have you noticed a difference in the people around you as far as how they're what you call conversing? I'm, I've tried to, um, and, and when I say try, I also mean by example, um, let people understand they don't have to be completely overproductive right now and functioning on all levels and bringing their A game every single second of the day. I think that's unfair to ask. And I, and I think it's, well, we're asking people to have a very human thinking, um, warm, hopefully response to the work that they're doing. Uh, to be that kind of person, you also have days when you don't really want to get out of bed or you don't want to start your day until later, or you need to take a little bit of a time out. I mean, in my own family, I'm a big fan of the mental health day, which is maybe it's not the, the right way to call such a day, but you know, every one of my kids or the nieces all know that if they need that during the school year, they get it. And uh, I feel the same way about adults. There's just some days where you have to be able to feel comfortable enough to be honest with your coworkers. I'm just having a hard time right now. And giving yourself that break, I think when you do re-engage with your creative work, um, your engagement is much more sincere. Have you, um, <clears throat> have you found uh, your colleagues... Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the industry is going through, uh, here comes the cliche, unprecedented uh, time. Have you found your colleagues getting at least a little more comfortable with those kinds of conversations, being vulnerable, being, like you said, their hair not combed, but, but there's mm -hmm. much more to it, right? How have, yeah. you, how have you, 
either for yourself or the folks who, as you say, you love, um, how have you seen them opening up? Well, again, if you can lead by example, I don't worry about if my hair is brushed always in the morning. <laughs> in the morning. I, think, right. I think if they were confronted with my face first thing by Zoom, and I, you know, some days I do want to put on actual clothes, and other days I'm just coming as I am. But, but we we t- try to start our day, a group of us, whatever combination that comes together, just talking about what we're watching and what we're reading and how we're feeling and. Um, those conversations are very fun. I think knowing that you can't leave home, uh, there's a, there's a, you know, our work can actually can never really stop. There's always something to read. There's always something to watch. There's always, and if you encourage people to see this time as a, as a moment of reflection also, you don't have to watch something for work. You can watch. He's wanted to see one night, which is what, or, um, and and then hearing what people are drawn to is interesting, uh, both because it's, it's hopefully giving them some pleasure and some peace, but also um, it's just a way of thinking about how we all may feel beyond this quarantine. It's it's difficult to watch things that are very hard right now that are uh, cynical. I find, um, and I'm not sure what what tolerance you know the viewing public, whether it's a movie or a television show. Um, will feel coming out of this, you know, I don't know how much room for cynicism there will be in entertainment. Mm. Well, let me, instead of looking looking forward, Mm -hmm. I want to go backwards. Um, Because you just described a very, very um, meaningful uh, you know, other oriented kind of conversation in your meetings, which is just great. I mean, I couldn't coach it better than what you just said. You go around the table, you see how people are feeling, um, and then that opens up the conversation. But in the spirit of going backwards, let's say that you're uh, an A minus at that uh, approach now, B plus, A minus. Mm-hmm. How were you on those dimensions before the pandemic? Taking your time, listening to people, appreciating their situation as the leader, what grade would you have given yourself pre-pandemic? I'm pretty tough on myself. Um, I would give me a B, probably still a B plus for intention. But in action, probably, you know, in moments of B minus, you know, that you can get bogged down pretty quickly um, with administrative responsibilities or when we're in production, there tend to be emergencies that come up. Um, production is, you know, that, can, that super intense contained period of time where you're burning money by the minute. And when something yep. goes wrong, that can take everyone's attention. So. I, I try. I try to be the kind of person um, or colleague that walks into people's offices or like gets people to sit down for a second and talk. I, you know, all of our staff meetings when we were working in the same building included all of the executives or um, and and the assistants, and everybody has an equal voice in that room, which is important. Um, but I, I'm probably, you know, a, a, at this point, you know, we try to all still get together once a week by Zoom. I try to not have too much of an agenda for that. 
uh, I'm really, I'm curious to hear if somebody's, you know, 28 and they're really ambitious and they are learning because they always call these assistant jobs as sort of like a graduate school, you know, and, and as I always say, like, if you're, if you're, if the thing you're most proud of is how, how tight your phone sheet is or how quickly you can answer a call, like you're, you're focused in the wrong area. You're like here to learn and to ask questions. And I think this time has allowed for a little bit more of that. And I keep encouraging them to, to, to think more and to remember that they're training for something. Um, so, you know, it, it's, I think we all should be fairly hard on ourselves in the best of times. And then when we're, we're dealing with something like this, you know, it's, it, it is, a, a, you have to remind yourself to, to be available and to listen and then, and then also to act because sometimes people have a great idea and in the normal course of a day, things get incredibly busy and nothing can happen. And if you are, you know, if you are that 26 year old or 27 year old and you have a really great idea and great ideas, as you know, come from all corners of the room and in all corners of a company, you know, and that idea is well received, you want to see it put into action. So that's a, that's another responsibility. I think we all, we all have like whether, you know, everyone in, in, is in a bit of a leadership position in an organization whether you're looking at a traditional org chart or you're remembering that, you know, I'm a big, and this is probably from UTA, a big proponent of promoting from within, you know, agencies are all homegrown. So uh, that's how I see it. I see every person who yeah. comes in, whether they start at reception or they start on a desk, you know, they're learning to kind of hopefully one day take my job. Got it. Got it. Um, so going, so we went backwards and now we go forwards. Um, now it's you're sitting in your garden, and it is, despite everything, a, a, it's, a, it's a lovely day, and mm -hmm. you're relaxed. So, thinking forward for a second, um, what is the one thing, or you could take two, um, that you would want to make sure you keep doing that you have start, you know, that has really been started during this time. Once, as they say, the town opens up again, is there something that you want to make sure you carry forward? It's it, this is this is pretty uh, basic, but I'm I'm also you know ashamed to say that it hasn't had as much priority as it needs to, and I think I've been looking at at how to to bring that forward when we re we reemerge or we. Um, come back together, uh, you know, and that's probably just family dinner. You know, I, mm. I, I'm the per kind of person that has in my calendar a Monday night family dinner, no questions. That's what happens. But I'm not the person that has it in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for, you know, Friday, I'm always home too, but I don't have it in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because you have to allow for work meetings or dinners or sometimes, you know, screenings. So there's things that can happen at night. And I think I've really been looking at, you know, first of all, how much we've gotten out of it. I'm lucky enough to be with multiple generations. My parents are here, we're here, and then there's these kids and coming together at dinner and also letting them know that it doesn't need to be an A-plus performance every night. Sometimes my mom will bring out kind of table topics and I can see the kids like, oh no, now we have to contribute something meaningful. And, huh. and it's really not... Sometimes everyone is, you know, talks about what their first memory of a dessert is. And that's a really great conversation 
um, and a way to learn about each other's lives and my parents especially to share their memories of growing up. And other times we just just talk about whatever, but it's it, that has been really wonderful. And the ability to kind of turn my phone off at 6 p.m. I think you mentioned to you, my parents have started this kind of cocktail hour at 6 p.m. Um, where we all get together, you know, drinks optional um, and have a little snack and just talk. It's, it's signaled to the kids and to the adults that that's when we stop. And I no. can't say that I had enough of that in my life before. Right. And it's really nice. And, and the thing that I was going to say, sorry for the coaching, but the thing that, that will make that happen. I'll take it. Yeah, well, it, no, it, you, you, A, it's, you know, for anybody who's heard this example and anybody thinking about building new habits, uh, it's, it's, it's number one, understanding that it, you know how to do it already. So to say, well, how do I manage to do that? How is the wrong question, right? right. So many people think that it's the how. Well, all the books and all the coaches and everybody, we've all, we're, fill, we're, we're filled up with hows. The point is, you know, what is it going to take to go from the skill of doing it to the will to do it? And, mm -hmm. and, and that's tying the intention, right? It's a good idea. I really want to do that to making sure, well, you fortunately have, you know, in your case, parents who, who make sure that it happens. So the question going <laughs> forward then is, what is it to go from, well, I, I'm, I, that sounds like a really good thing to like your Monday night calendar entry, right? For family dinner. Right. Right. Are you right. willing to put as a reminder your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday calendar entry and to cross over to that kind of commitment? Because as we know, we're pretty much slaves to our calendar and we do what our calendar says. So mm -hmm. that will increase the willingness and the opportunity to practice because what I'm finding, um, you know, uh, is your answer is representative of almost every single kind of answer I'm hearing to that question. Oh, wow. And, yeah. and, and here's the irony. We knew it was important before. That was our backwards time travel question. And now the pain and the suffering and the sacrifice and the weirdness and the fear has all burned away a whole bunch of resistance to doing what we know is essential. Right? I have, and that's, yes. without going into it, that's where, that's where the podcast started was conversation is, you know, life turns on conversations, it says on my, on my Instagram page at the top. And mm -hmm. you just gave a perfect example. You could have picked anything. I'm going to walk outside more. I'm going to, you know, take, I'm going to, you know, lose five pounds or gain five pounds. But you I really like to have great abs, but I'm, I'm okay with <laughs> that not happening. Well, you get to do that too. But, but, but the <laughs> point is, the point is, at the end of the proverbial day, you know, we come into the world in search of connection and we leave the world. You talk to a bunch of very, very old people and, and this time has highlighted the importance of conversation to the very end. Mm -hmm. And that is, you, you've, you've beautifully illustrated that with your mom's table topics.
that's an example. Yes, with my mom's tabletop <laughs> expert. But, you yeah. know, in the 90s, which is when I really grew up as a young agent and as an assistant, you have to remember the culture at that time. And there was nothing wrong with it. It was how everyone was living. It was a way, you know, a way of showing your worth, your dedication was by working these crazy, crazy hours. And, you know, there's all very, uh, very famously um, noted and a, and a person I admire a great deal, Jeffrey Katzenberg, you know, would have three breakfasts in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and I think when you kind of move to the prime spot, you're like, I made it. And meeting him on the later side, maybe that wasn't the prime for him because he was probably exhausted. But, yes. you know, there's, there is a, there was a showing that you cared about your job, you cared about your clients by just killing for them. That's the, that's the impression. But, but in a lot of ways, also killing yourself because that level of intensity, I, I'm not sure as I've gotten older, is the best way to think and the best way to do. Um, and I have seen the agency culture has shifted in that regard. And, and for, and, it, and HBO did a much better job of that balance. You know, Mike was very good about, um, about get leaving the office at a certain time. And I really, I had a hard time adjusting at first. I remember him, I, I would come get to my desk at 8.30 in the morning. And I remember uh, he's, he came by and he was like, what, what's going on here? You don't have to be at your desk at 8.30. Right. Um, and that, and that kind of, that started to loosen it up. But now I think about the example I'm setting, you know, a lot of my colleagues are, are married. Some of them are thinking about starting families. I don't want them to think a staff meeting at five 30 on a Friday is a normal idea. It's not, you know, we, when, when you stop and have that family dinner, you stop and have that cocktail hour. It doesn't mean your work is done. It means you're making a commitment to your family during that period of time. I still check my email before I go to sleep or, or after dinner. I still, you know, get caught up on my reading or, or watch the uh, cut that I need to watch. You know, my work doesn't end. Right. But my kids get put to bed with a story and a kiss. Not my teenagers. They won't have it. They give me the tops of their heads. But, you know, and everybody else has had that moment to get together. And that's, and that's meaningful, you know. So it's a different way of, of showing a, a full and balanced life. Uh, and that's where we'll do our best work. I mean, that's where the great stories, I think, will come from. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what, I, I, I believe it, at least for me, this, this time has been, as, uh, as you might have observed or other people observe, this has been the most, if you will, prolific time. I remember <coughs> uh, clawing my way into your office after you left, um, after you left HBO and I swore to you, I was going to write this book and would you read it for me? And I have this very clear memory of that. And you know how long ago that was, but mm-hmm. what, what has helped is this, this pen, this time has helped me understand where I think I, I feel like I can have the most impact. It has clarified things, which is the same thing you've said. And mine happens to be, you know, going to some other mediums, but at the same time, um, it's been an incredibly generative time. Uh, You know, obviously once the health is taken care of, which is all that really matters, but, but anyway, your story really strikes me of the family dinner. Let me ask you just a a couple other things. Um, You know, knowing what you've accomplished, I am sure uh, quite confident that people have come to you for a long time about advice about how to be uh, creative and successful and all the rest. Um, 
what do you tell the the creative that's listening to this uh, uh, about being creative during COVID, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. I can do the, 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 the alliteration, sorry about that, but uh, <laughs> what, do you, what advice for those who are saying they're stuck or they're scared or they're, and all these things, how, how if any way are you able to, you think, help them? I don't know if the concept of self-discipline really holds up during this time. I think that's a way of, uh, of being too hard on yourself. It's a way of trying to, you know, that idea of discipline is, it's got a negative connotation, first of all, because we all think about, you know, go cut yourself a switch. But the, the, I think it's, it's about understanding and creativity, things ebb and flow. You know, I'm um, lucky enough because they're really great friends and, and, and great to be with. Um, I'm really close friends with a lot of writers. So I see how they do their day. One of my closest friends is a novelist. I see how he structures his day. Um, it doesn't always just come. You know, you can't just sit down and say, I'm going to sit and write, or I'm going to read the script and have a really thoughtful response to it. If you have to be in the right mindset and the, and if you're the, if you're the executive or the producer that's reading that material and you're not in the right mindset to sit and read it, you're too distracted or there's too much anxiety or you're worrying, you really, you have to remember it's not the most respectful way to approach someone's work because whatever time it takes you to read that script, an hour, an hour and a half, another half hour, 45 minutes or an hour to have a thoughtful response is so small compared to how long it took the person to write it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my fiance spends a, a lot of time, you know, out in the office writing. She, she does work on a schedule, much like we're all slaves to our schedules and I work on a schedule and her schedule has her leaving the house at the same time every day. But some days it's she's really prolific and other days she's not um but she it's understanding and being appreciative of when it comes and you feel good about your work and then letting yourself off the hook creativity doesn't it just doesn't work that way and um no matter how balanced or how shielded or how open you are there's there is a level of anxiety in the world right now that is part and understanding that and feeling it as part of being a thoughtful feeling person um, right. So I, you know, all of these stories in the, early on in the quarantine about King Lear or what what's to be expected, and it's just like let's all stop trying to win quarantine. You know, <laughs> let's let's just let's just try to be and and read and and I do find for my creative work when I'm a little bit stuck um, in how I'm thinking about something, I I try to read. That's my go to, and I read. Um, when I say read, I mean read for pleasure, like read older books, read books I've read before. Um, appreciating what I got from them the first time and what I might get from them now. And that, that kind of resets me. And yes. I think uh, that's, that's true for whether you're a writer or a producer or an executive or, or, or anybody in any business, you know, reading is a, is a pleasure. Well, that, that gives me the, uh, uh, the, the good out here when I'm going to, I'm going to proudly steal from another podcast, uh, which Great. I highly recommend that people listen to called the Ezra Klein show. Oh yeah. Uh, so Ezra ends every show. He was talking. He he, uh, he he forces this question, but it's not a force to you because you just perfectly laid it out. In this time, whether it's about creativity or life or love or marriage or whatever it may be, what are the 
three books, Ezra says, that, um, that you would recommend um, that have helped you either through this time or through other important times in your life? Well, I go back to prayer for Owen Meany quite a bit and I've gotten a lot out of it at different points in my life. Um, it's a beautifully written book and it's also a book that depending on where you are emotionally, it does allow you to cry and that can feel quite cathartic. Um, I do like books uh, that are nonfiction as well. I'm reading Rebecca Solnit's new book right now and I, I find her to be such a deep thinker and so wise and seeing how someone is sharing their own experiences and how they're seeing the world uh, is a way to open yourself up to. Um, the third book, you know, I will, I will say I'm, right now I, I'm spending a lot of time as we're, as we're realizing and feeling that we are a connected world, you know, in the same way that I have such appreciation for how Netflix has so many foreign language shows on their platform you know, we don't have the ability to travel right now, but I love to get into the mindset of, you know, maybe a dark Scandi drama, but how they see the world and how they live. Um, and I have gone back a few times, speaking of my friend who's a novelist who wrote a, a book called We Are the Weather that's about, you know, it's about factory farming, it's about climate change, it's about the choices that we make and how we eat and that mindfulness um, and that reminder that every action we have affects our world uh, it, it resets me a bit too. So I would say those three are the ones I've been reading right now. So if, if I'm correct and I hear, I hear that correctly, cause we are the weather is one of, one of the most, uh, motivational for the lack of a better word books by, uh, Jonathan Safran four, if I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. that correctly. Uh, sure are. he also, please let me then recommend my, my mind just, you, you just blew my mind with the we are the weather notion. And so you're all hearing a mind be blown in lifetime. Uh, please, uh, anybody, read, look up how not to be alone, how to be alone. Yep. Um, the op-ed that he wrote in the New York Times. I read it yesterday and I read it the day before mm -hmm. about the notion of genuine connection in a time where technology uh, has become our, 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 our channel. Um, yeah. one of the most, one of the most important things I've read in the past, you know, since I've heard about it and watched his speech, um, that, that preceded it. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. We are the weather that changed my eating habits somewhat. Yep. Uh, yep. that's, that's all that's all, that's all that book asks, which is one that's of it. the beautiful things about it. It that's doesn't it. ask you to become the complete 100% change how you are, change how you eat. It talks about modification, which I think is a really powerful idea. Fair, yeah. He, he admits eating a burger or two, uh, and uh, but also uh, doing a whole bunch of right things. Uh, and interesting, this is living proof that books can be very important conversations. Um, so, so Sue, um, as I would have suspected and as I hoped, uh, given that we only came up with this idea a, a few days ago, thank you so much for showing up like this. Um, I, I knew I had the faith you would, and you did. Uh, I didn't want to let you down. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, well, you, 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 can, you can tell the 50 other people and the animals and please let the gecko know how much <laughs> we, we appreciate uh, him or her uh, giving you uh, the time. So 
this is uh, this has been Sue Nagel uh, with Drew Kugler on Tell Me What to Say. And um, thanks again, Sue. Thank you for having me.